definitely one of those days, guys. It is hot as heck, and I think everyone is struggling to stay cool. I think we can all agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, sweaty. Yeah, I imagine uh, Andrew and Michael, both of you, have felt the same heat wave we felt down here, and it is real, real hot. Yeah, I, I think the the moment for me was when I pulled up the weather on Friday and saw 114 feels like 122. My car said 121. It was not that hot, although I definitely saw on my way home from work, uh, I saw it said uh, my car was 105, and I think the eight, the temp gauge on my car is usually a little low for what it actually is, so... I hope yeah. we don't have any Arizona listeners that are like, okay, so what's the problem? <laughs> people that live in Palm Springs or something, yeah. Yeah. It's unusual uh, for us coastal-ish people. Coastal-ish. I, I would say, I feel like the area in San Diego that I'm in is like a suburban area. It gets quite hot here in like the 90s pretty frequently, but... Uh, not like all the time, and definitely only in summer. And we are not even in the deep of summer yet, so it was surprising to be this hot at this time of year. The main problem is it's not really cooling off. It's definitely a lot cooler today where I am than it was yesterday. But at night, um, like just ugh, the oh, you mean just hot. yeah the the si- the temperature cycle that we normally get isn't there. It's just, this is much more like East Coast summer. Yeah, uh, it's definitely been. Lots of AC running in my house uh, to the point where, like, I'm starting to wonder if it's actually even doing anything <laughs> or if it's just fighting the inevitable. We Were Gamers, uh, episode 112, the one about how we all sweat to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's been definitely one of those weeks. Things are, are getting hot to handle uh, for everyone. <laughs> and uh, I figure we start off with something kind of fun. Uh, you may not have heard about this, and I think I talked. Andrew, but I talked with Michael about it a little bit a second ago. Have, did you guys hear about what Reddit has been doing? Uh, like the website or like some specific subreddit on the website about gaming? Uh, it is this, well, I don't know if it's gaming related, uh, but it is a specific subreddit on the website, yes. Uh, no, I, I, I am not a Redditor as per se. I definitely visit. I don't participate too much, uh, but it is kind of a fun thing that I saw people were kind of interested in. Uh, I guess a group of people who decided they were fans of Thanos, uh, the character from the Avengers movies. Uh, I, I guess at this point we'll just say that like uh, we might talk about Avengers spoilers here. I don't really think it's that uh, relevant, but hey, if you haven't seen the Avengers, maybe skip ahead like five <laughs> minutes. I mean, I feel like the next the next movie has come out, right? So... Yeah. You're on your own a little What's bit. What's the next? I mean, but the next, was Ant-Man related? Ant-Man and the Wasp. Was not, it related? Not really, but. Well, then it doesn't I'm ju- count. I'm just. No. Um, I heard some stuff, you guys, about Uh-oh. Ant-Man and the Wasp, so maybe it does related. Oh. Anyway. Oh. Well, let's not spoil uh, that one. I don't know anything about it, so, uh, other than what I read. But uh, this group of people, uh, they were in a subreddit called uh, Thanos Did Nothing Wrong, uh, which is. A pretty... <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, they were just joking around, posting memes uh, and the usual kind of stuff, talking about balance and quoting dumb quotes from the movie. Uh, and someone got it in their head of like, hey, what we should do is ban half the people from the subreddit, because that's what Thanos would do. Oh. 
And people uh, didn't like this? Uh, no, I think people were into the idea because that's definitely something people that liked Thanos would do. Uh, but it's not really something you can do easily through Reddit itself uh, for obvious like reasons. You can't just randomly ban people on like a 50% chance, right? Uh, so they talked to the admins and meanwhile the idea was gaining more and more traction or whatever and I guess they actually decided to do it and I think it's probably it's either happening currently or has completed at this point uh, and they banned half of the like 700,000 people in that subreddit <laughs> huh uh, including me so. oh no <laughs> <laughs> so there's the you, kicker you, you have to that's low hanging fruit, right? If you join the group, you kind of you kind of expect that something like that might happen. Yeah, totally. You had to opt in, right? I believe you had to join and then either post or comment something on the sub at any point ever. Okay, so you had oh. to be an active member of the sub. Interesting. To sort of imply that you consented to the idea of potentially being banned <laughs> for essentially no reason. Um, and then they created a second sub for like in the soul stone or something where all the people that got banned could go sub and, uh, talk about how they got banned, I guess. Uh, I, I guess thought it maybe was a, there's your spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Also like the idea of Thanos banning half the people kind of maybe would spoil an idea of what might happen in that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he talked about um, it. There's been a lot of memes about people saying they don't feel so good going around, I guess. That's been happening for, a, I think, since the movie came out. <laughs> yeah, yes. basically like the day after, I think that was a good meme that started circulating. It might still be a good meme. It, You're right. It actually probably is still a good meme. The like fading to dust meme, I think, hasn't run its course. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a funny thing that was going on. Uh, and I I was happy to be a part of it, even though... I lost and got banned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's positivity out there, even when, even when you have to look for it in a place that you wouldn't expect. Well, what else uh, have you guys been up to in the last week or so? I thought we talked about this. We're sweating to death. That's all that we've been up to. <laughs> I've tried not to move. Well, we uh, we turned into the into the skid a little bit yesterday and went for a hike. Really? Okay, that's that's really adventurous to go out, man. It's hot. Oh. We so we got up early-ish, not as early as we would have liked or probably should have, uh, and went down to uh, we went down by the water in Laguna and went for a hike. So the way up, we started at the bottom um, and hiked up, uh, which was a little rough in spots. But the way down was pretty much inside of the ocean, and we had a nice breeze coming off the water. So. The the way down was kind of a, a nice reward for the the trek up. Well, that sounds pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know uh, they were post on the news over here this weekend was saying like, hey, hiking trails and stuff in a lot of places are just closed. Like, just don't go. Yeah. It's too hot. Um, but I guess most of that stuff is inland. I guess I didn't notice any of those being like the Torrey Pines beaches or hikes <laughs> or anything, so... Well, that sounds pretty awesome, dude. Anyone play any games this weekend? Yeah, man. I uh, took an opportunity of being inside a little bit extra to uh, finally knock out the rest of that Battletech campaign. A word? Yep. Done. Dunsky. It's spoiler time. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's hear it. 
it ended as expected, considering the beginning tells you the end. It is, yeah. They kind of, what's the uh, flashback you there? Yeah. Um, I guess maybe overall I felt like it it could have gone heavier on the story missions a little bit, made them a little more varied and had more of them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was a little bit short is all I'm saying. You know, like if you just did all the story missions, it would be a little short. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that assessment. It is one of those things where you can get through the open... Uh, I don't know the opening several acts or whatever of that mission that game. And then you like between story missions, it has you do like one or two contracts or whatever, because uh, you know you have to they have to get ready or whatever. Um, but some of those last ones can kind of just go like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Um, and you could really power through the end of that game if you wanted to. Four assault mechs makes uh, the story missions very easy mm-hmm. in most spots. I- Four Assault Mechs makes that game a lot easier, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... I don't know. I, I just was surprised it was over all of a sudden. But, um, that's not a negative. As I mm. lo- clocked in yesterday, I looked into my Steam account, and I thought nothing would ever challenge my Civ Five playtime, which has stood for years. And uh, I'm about four hours shy. <laughs> wow. Whoa. So uh, approximately how many hours is that? Uh, I think it's like 126. Okay. It's up there. Ooh. That's pretty high. Yeah. So I like it quite a bit. I still like it quite a bit. And I've spent some time since then trying to Pokemon the rest of the mechs that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an urban that mech. Part, that part of the game, I think, is probably the hardest part if you're trying to collect them all i I have an urban mech and so i did a tally and i have every chassis i'm wondering i think that the uh spoilers here skip ahead 30 seconds atlas that you get at the end of the game does not count as an atlas hmm i think that it does i hmm i could have sworn they said all the variants count as their own thing but maybe since it's an Atlas 2, it doesn't count as an Atlas? might. It might, mm, I, because I, I yeah, not sure. appear to have all of the mechs. Um, I read that if you, if you started the game before 1.01, then maybe there was a problem and you had to ready all of the mechs again and unready all of the mechs again. Um, so I did that. After obtaining mm. an urban mech, I've spent about 10 million credits trying to fix finish this. Well, I mean, you got to spend that money on something. I feel like by the end of the game, money is plentiful and things to spend it on are not. Yeah. Well, I don't really have many. I don't. I have 11 mech warriors and I only need four, right? Like, I never am going to have another mech warrior die. Oh, by the way, biggest point of the game. Uh, this won't mean much to Michael, but uh, my Decker lived all the way through. Uh, oh, wow. Congratulations. 10, 10, yeah. 10, 10. My man, uh, Decker, got killed, not in the first mission, but, like, in maybe the third or fourth one. So, that's good for you, dude. Yeah. Congrats. He, he went out on the last mission. I should have screenshotted did, it. Oh. Did you keep your entire starting crew alive? Let's or? see. Medusa, yes. Behemoth, yes. Decker, yes. My dude can't die. Is that it? Glitch. Oh, Glitch. Yeah, Glitch is alive still. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Wow. That's impressive work. Uh, uh, did you have any characters die? I did have a few. I bought like two Ronin and a, and a bunch of Kickstarter people because I would always just mm-hmm. only buy those. And I lost at least, I think his name was Sky something. And I think I lost Sumo maybe too. I don't remember. Not bad. It's been a while. Yeah, well, sometimes you get about three quarters of the way into a mission, and it's going really well, and then your he- your uh, mech takes a headshot. Yep, that definitely Oops. happens. That's that is how that goes sometimes. From, unfortunately, from a DFA. Ooh, <laughs> that's just the end of it. That's really rough. It's like someone jumps on your head. Yeah, yeah. So I really like the game. Uh, once I Pokemon this thing, I'll probably play online a little bit, and then I'll probably set it down for a couple months. Yeah, I have not played online yet. I think I am too cowardly to discover that my skills are not very good. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of achievements for playing skirmishes versus the computer. Yes, uh, I have messed with some of those. Uh, I tried to do the one where you win with all locusts. Uh, It turns out that that is hard. Yeah, that may be when I try to set the game down for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that was me. I I knocked out Battletech. It's over. It's time for Fire Emblem all the time. Once I get an that atlas. Sounds, that sounds pretty good. Although by nice. next week, I might tell you I've still been hunting for an atlas. That is kind of how that goes. <laughs> how about you, Michael? How's it been going? Um, I did something new this weekend. I set down Trails in the Sky, um, and I decided to parallel my own experience of being trapped inside how do you guys feel about room escapes? I I have a, a mixed opinion. Okay. I heard... I, I think they are generally cool as an idea. I agree with that. Especially having been on a scavenger hunt with Michael uh, across Laguna. I quite enjoy the real life um, fact finding and puzzle solving. But I did hear about something, an an escape room that made me mad. And that was a friend of uh, the pod, Ken, went on the Zelda escape room. Okay. The Zelda escape room was a conference room full of about 50 to 100 people all doing a quote-unquote escape room. They were just moving around to different tables solving puzzles. Um... Not what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah, that seems kind of lame. So if that's the definition of an escape room, I find that to be misleading and uh, inappropriate. But if it's just you and a couple other people in an actual room or like uh, something like that, I think I'm in. What What was your escape room like? So I didn't, I didn't do an actual one. I on the, I think it was the very last day of the steam sale. Did you actually just get locked through- in a room? Is that what no, you're saying? No, I was going through the... <laughs> didn't do it. I did get locked out of my car this weekend, but no. Um, I came across... The only time I ever go through the wish list on Steam is during the sale, because you get easy free cards for it. And I came across a game creatively titled The Room. And mm. the there were a few pictures of just basically puzzle boxes um in the little slideshow for it and i thought 
this could be interesting. It had um, both the critical and user reviews were extremely positive, whatever the highest rating you can give to something on on Steam. Uh, And it was a dollar. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to try this. And nothing has ever gone wrong doing that during a Steam sale. This is how we got a Ryan Prelude. (laughs) I mean, Um, this one was it was great. It was a great game and it was only, you know, it was only two hours, um, for the, for the first one. And I later found out there are three more. Um, but it's, it's really polished. Um, and it's by an indie UK studio called Fireproof Games. Um, and they've put out, I think they put out one VR game and then four of these games, um, The Room and its sequels. And it's, it's got a, a very loose story to it just to sort of connect the, the puzzles that you're trying to solve. But you start out in an attic, um, with a mysterious note left for you. And you, there's a safe in the center of the room and you're trying to open up the safe, which basically takes you down the rabbit hole. So inside the safe is another puzzle box and that leads you to like a puzzle table and so on and so forth. So I have heard of this game. Uh, I've never played it, but did you know that it started out life as a phone game? I did. Um, and for a while it was, I, I read this after the fact, but it apparently when it first released was the, uh, an editor's choice pick on the Apple store for a while. Um, and won a bunch of awards, um, in Europe and the UK. Yeah. I heard of it, uh, as recommended as stuff that is cool to do on your iPad because all the little intricate puzzle things you can touch and move with your hands and stuff. Yes, and it was it was designed that way intentionally. They they only later ported it to Steam. Uh and I think they've only ported the first two of the four. Um but yeah, it was designed to be played on a touch screen to feel more tactile. So how did that fare when you were then sitting there with a mouse? It uh, so I didn't know when I first started playing it that it wasn't a a you know a point and click to begin with, and so they had done a really good job with the port of making it feel seamless. Um, and I you know I subsequently went and downloaded the second one, and this one I did on my tablet because uh, I could get it for free on the Google Play Store with credit, and it was it was neat to see how it how it differed and there were definitely a couple of moments where i thought i wonder how they would do this on um in a port because it required you to use um two fingers Mm -hmm. right it took advantage of, of multiple touch on the screen you had to like you know use two fingers to turn the dial or whatever but then if you just touched it would move the screen or something like that well it was the kind of thing where a puzzle would involve pushing two buttons simultaneously oh okay right and they were they were separated so you couldn't you couldn't like click one and then click the other you had to actually physically touch them at the same time very cool yeah, so highly recommend. Um, I've finished both the first and the second one now. Um, so I'm looking forward to downloading the third one, which is apparently a much bigger game. Uh, and then there's, there's one more after that. So not terribly long games then. 
Uh, no, the the first one was about two hours. The second one might have been a little bit longer. Um, and it was definitely the second one was definitely more involved. Um, I don't know that there were more rooms. I think there were the same number of rooms in the end, but the the interconnectedness of the puzzles within the rooms um, was much greater in the second game. So you'd, you'd find yourself in a room and there would be three or four different puzzles scattered around and they all interacted with each other. Like you couldn't just do one all the way through and then move on to the next one. You had to figure out how to bounce around the room and, oh, this goes here and I have to do this to do that. And Ooh, that sounds tough, man. Yeah, there were some of them. Um, so there's a, if you get really stumped, there's a hint feature built in. Um, and the, the hints are gradual. So if you click on the hint feature, it'll, it'll pop you up a hint and the hint will be a very subtle nudge in the right direction. And then it'll give you a, a number like one out of four. So it'll tell you there are four hints for, for where you're currently stuck and each one will be progressively more help to you if you need it. This sounds like a precursor to a game like The Witness or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know a little about The Witness. Um, the Witness was not made by these people, though. I know the developer of The Witness uh, is the same person that made Braid. Ooh. Yes. So. I like Braid. If you like Braid, you would probably like The Witness. Um I don't, I don't want to reveal too much about what the witness is as kind of the whole game is the mystery there. Oh, so. okay. I have, mm -hmm. I have not had that revealed to me. I've only found that it was a complex puzzler sort of thing. There's, there are a lot of puzzles in it. That's for sure. So, uh, but that game is very cool also. Uh, it's on my list of things I should get around to play sometime when I get around to buying Same it. Same here. Oh, uh, well, that sounds pretty awesome. I like the, I like games where they give you hints up and to the point, and then if you're just really annoyed, you can just say, okay, just tell me what to do, please, and yeah, it'll, and that's, it'll help Yeah, and that's you. basically how it is. You basically can just click through all of them if you want to know, just like, I'm frustrated, I'm not getting this, I want to move on to the next one. Oh, cool. And so they will, they don't charge you for the hints, right? That is something that some puzzle games do sometimes. No, it's, the game is totally self-contained, there's no, like, pay element, there's no, you collect points for solving puzzles that you have to trade, there's none of that. It's just, here are the hints if you need them, you can, t you can totally turn them off if you want, so that they don't even, the little hint icon never even pops up. That's awesome. Yeah. But really, really well, well put together, a very polished game. Um, the, the studio Fireproof Games, I, I read a little bit about them today. They apparently started out doing art for other games. And oh, so the, the art style is definitely their, uh, their strength. And then they, you know, they branched into these puzzle games and whoever they've got coming up with the puzzles is, uh, is clearly a fan. Devilish foe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I love that. I love finding out about that kind of stuff. I have That's a yeah, really so, cool. I have a light. You know, let this be a lesson. Go through your your wish list or, or <laughs> your queue every once in a while. Cool. I have a light Steam related item, uh, and then we can drop it because it's not ready. But uh, I have a box here sitting that just got here from Valve. Mm. Oh. So at some point when I get my dun, office back. Yeah, that'll get plugged in, and we'll see how that works uh, from a 
actual home use perspective. <laughs> well, I can't I can't wait to find that out. Uh the the Steam link. Yeah. Uh there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That should that should be cool. Well, uh I did mess around with some uh games this weekend. Uh and I I don't remember if we talked about it before, but uh, have we mentioned that Twitch has been giving away like tons of free games if you're a Twitch Prime slash Amazon Prime member? If you are one of those wonderful people that would follow us at twitter.com slash we were gamers or facebook.com slash we were gamers, I believe we tweeted this out. Okay. So definitely we have mentioned it, but if people are only fans of the pod, they may not know. True that. Uh, uh, and so Twitch Prime is basically just giving away tons of games this month uh, for free. You just log in and claim stuff uh the downside being that you have to play it in twitch's little desktop client which honestly is not great uh we could talk about that here uh is in it, a minute too is it I, is it much worse than let's say origin or we can talk about it in a minute i just am curious i'm sorry no no i know i mean let's talk about it, it uh, uh i don't use origin that much either to be clear uh origin also is not that great uh in that the the feature set in in the Twitch thing seems to be geared to like have an app where you watch Twitch streams, which I don't know that I completely understand why you would want to have an app on your computer to do that when you have a, a web browser that does that and so much more. And also that the web features are more than the app features. At least the last time I used the Twitch app, uh, there were things that I could do in the web browser that I could not do in the Twitch app. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have parity with what the website can do. That's for darn sure. Uh, and their interface stuff for their games client is bad, I will say. Uh, I don't like how it loads. Every time I click on it, it has to like retrieve my library, uh, and that takes a while, and that sucks. Uh, and then once it's loaded, you get these like big icon sized box arts not not even icon sized they're way bigger than that like i don't have a good reference here available uh but like not uh, like large box art size in not like the size of a full screen box art but like you know if you were on a web page looking at a a a store page or something it would have a box art of the game that's what it looks like and then when you hover over it you have one option install or play if it's installed, you can play. If it's not installed, you install. So there's not like the Steam drop down if you right click and you can like see where no. the files are. Or... No, uh, it has options to set where it installs the games and stuff through the settings of the Twitch client itself. You can go mess with that a little bit, but it doesn't give you like tons of granularity or options like the Steam client does. It also uh, doesn't let you like change on a per game basis. It's definitely like all games go here or all games go somewhere else. Uh, and that sucks. And the last and worst thing is that if you don't have that Steam client or that Twitch client running and you're not on the internet, you can't play them at all. And that blows. Wait, what? That's rough. Yep. Straight up, it will not run. They uh, DRM their games. games to these free games that are on other services, including DRM free services. They DRM the game so you can't even play them offline. Correct. The Twitch client will not let you access the or not let you start the games if it can't talk online. 
So that's pretty bad. Can we? So there how do we do the games my god asterisk? Meme? Yeah, it, the the asterisk is the the big uh, takeaway from this discussion. I think so. These games are free as long as your internet connection is working and you're willing to run Twitch's lame software. Sorry, Twitch. Uh, this could have been could have been a, a Twitch centrist podcast where we tried to sell your service for you. I yeah, mean, that so lost you know. Me. Here is uh, the takeaway, though. Uh, they are giving away a lot of games, and they are free. Uh, and if your internet connection is relatively stable, like mine is most of the time, uh, I can play them. So I definitely did play uh, a bunch of a game that came out relatively recently, which I did not pay any money for, thanks, Twitch, uh, called SteamWorld Dig 2. Uh, and that game is pretty fun. That one I've heard many a thing about. Yep, it's, a lot of people seem to like it's that a, one. Describe it yeah. for a second there, JJ, because uh, it's a unique one, kind of. It's like a Terraria-ish. So, mm, I don't know. Terraria has some building elements to it or and, like, crafting stuff. This is a lot closer to, like, a digging Metroidvania, I would say. Dig Dug. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it is... I, I, so, I intentionally started with the second game i think i probably own the uh, original steam world dig on steam somewhere um but i specifically chose to start with this one because i had heard so many good things about it uh and yeah it is a game where you play as like a robot uh in a little mining town uh who is in search of her friend rusty uh who has gone down into the mine uh where earthquakes have been happening so there's rocks all over the place and you got to dig to find stuff you find minerals and whatnot you can turn those in for money and you can buy upgrades with your money you also then get upgrade points which are uh golden cogs and you can use those to upgrade the various skills that you have bought or found via blueprints there's something to be said for the simplicity of one action right like your point of this game is that you dig well, it has. It's not really the point of the game. Is just to dig. Oh. There is a lot of digging, uh, but you certainly <laughs> by the end have done a lot more things than dig. Like unlocked a grappling hook and a jetpack and a jackhammer. Hold on, and I'm gonna ask a question here. Mm -hmm. How smart is it to use a jetpack underground? Oh, it's really smart. Yeah, it helps you it helps you make a lot of jumps over lava and stuff. Oh. Or like, you know, rooms where the bottom is very, very deep and will cause you damage, but you have to like get around a stalactite kind of a down and back up kind of thing. I I will say the fun part about this game, like a lot of Metroidvanias, is that the movement feels really good. When you get access to the um the boots that let you sprint all of a sudden you're like yes i can run everything is awesome and that happens like relatively quickly hmm. and all of a sudden you're like okay now this doesn't feel like i'm just like walking around everywhere did you play you this on upgrade. a controller yes i oh, did so it has uh, controller support in the twitch app or in the game or how does that work uh the game recommends you use a controller with it although it clearly did support mouse and keyboard when i touched that it would like flash over to show some letters and stuff um, so the game clearly supports it. It's not clear to me if Twitch supports that stuff natively or if it's the game that's doing it. Because I know Steam provides some sort of override function where you can use a controller with almost anything. Right. This did not look or appear to be that. I didn't see any prompts from Twitch's app about controllers or anything. Um, 
but, but they make a point of in the like one of the loading intro screens is like, hey, we think it's best played with a controller. Um, yeah, that sounds like a de- a developer thing. Yeah, uh, and it's it was really really cool. the The grappling hook is really awesome. It lets you you know sort of you can grapple in all four directions, right? So you can like grapple down and up as well as side to side. Uh, that's pretty sweet. And there's just a lot of cool stuff you can do. I hear the game is not terribly long. Um, but you know, for those kinds of games, I think you don't want it to go too long. Uh, it is not an endless digger like a Minecraft or a Terraria. Nice. Yeah. So excite, except for the fact that I really don't like that Twitch client at all. Uh, I like that game. You know, thinking back to the Battletech ending, uh, I'm glad that last mission, not to really spoil it, but the last mission uh, was not very long. Mm-hmm. It kind of got down to the brutal nature of that game, which is like, line them up, shoot them down. Yeah. It's definitely a lot about uh, that end of that game that feels like they were kind of like, okay, we have to get to this conclusion now. Um, I liked their, uh, main antagonist, we'll say. Oh, the, um, the captain, the redheaded one. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Big fan of Adam Jensen. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. What did you have? You had something else here, JJ. Uh, that I've, like I said, somebody else needed to lead this one. Oh boy, my brain. <laughs> uh, Twitch Prime thing, escape room. Uh, maybe that was it. I don't know. Yeah, that was Whoopsie. sort of what I had pulled up. Um, there is a couple other things I've been dabbling in. I've continued to play, uh, Magic the Gathering, the Arena, or is it the Arena? Arena? Anyway, uh, Magic Arena. Uh, I've been, continued to mess around with that. I heard Splay the Spire uh, got an expansion. I know you're messing with that game. Uh, yeah, it, that game updates very frequently. Uh, I don't know that anything that they did could be considered an expansion, but they definitely have been putting out updates quite regularly um and yeah i've definitely been messing with that game that game is real fun uh i i did a run that got all the way to the top of the spire that was exciting um but in true roguelike fashion getting to the end isn't the end so uh you know it didn't there's not really that game doesn't really have an ending i guess is what it's saying Uh, but that was really cool. It it really is fun in like kind of a, we talked about this game a little before, but like kind of in the way that Dominion is cool where you kind of build your little card engine and get your little, you know, group of things that make your engine work better and faster and quicker and optimize more and more as you go. Uh, that thing just has a, it tickles me in a certain kind of <laughs> fun way. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, I like it when it, let's stick the word together. fancy in there it tickles your fancy it, it does. doesn't tickle yeah, you definitely. directly no no uh, that would be interesting if it somehow could do that but no <laughs> uh, 
it's it, it, it's that kind of thing where you're like, well, I see the idea here that I could go for. I want to try and do this. But then there are so many different random factors that you kind of just have to roll with it. And as kind of your build coalesces as you're moving on, you kind of learn, okay, well, do I want to add another card to my deck at this point? I don't really get anything for this fight if I don't. I get like a little bit of gold or something. So do I want to add one of these cards? Eh, they're not that good. Maybe I just skip it, keep my draw engine the way it is, but then I'm not any stronger really for the next fight. So, you know, is it better to have a lower percentage chance to draw the cards that I need or that I want, right? If Dominion taught me anything, it's always draw through your deck every time. Yeah, the game definitely supports stuff like that. You can definitely build some extremely ridiculous draw engines. Which I love. This sounds uh, like maybe I, that's not the most effective. Uh, no, it can be. It just depends what the other cards that don't draw you cards do. Uh. You know, if you have a card that's like deal three damage, draw you a card, and it costs nothing, well, if your deck is only those, you just won, right? Like, <laughs> you just three damage it's going to take you a hundred clicks but there's no like limit if it costs nothing right um so you know you can definitely build that kind of a thing and then you start earning relics after winning significant fights and those things add little tiny bonuses which add up over time you know i never thought about this but can you like delete cards out of your deck once they're in there yeah there are definitely ways to do it it's not uh there aren't frequent uh but there are places you can go to the merchant uh, and purchase a card removal, uh, which then increases in price every other time. So you get to buy it once per merchant you find. And you go to the merchant, you buy this thing, it costs, I don't know, 75 gold or whatever. Then the next time you go back, it's going to be 100. And then the next time you go back, it's going to be 150 or whatever. And so the numbers get higher and higher, and you have to encounter a different merchant. Each one will only let you do it once. Uh, you may get uh, a relic that would let you do it when you rest, or you may find other, you know, if random events that would let you do it. Um, so, yeah, it definitely will let you sometimes take cards out, which can be really beneficial. Like, you may want to just take out the regular old do attack or block cards, for instance. I find those being, you know, in the end of the run, when you have a bunch of really powerful cards or upgraded ones that do, like, every turn do this or every, you know, draw three cards and then deal two damage or something, when you have cards like that, the card that just says deal six damage for one cost is not that exciting. Right. So that's a, a good way to kind of tune your capability when you run into that stuff. It's a it's kind of hard to think about, though, in the same way it is with Dominion, right? The, the game where you're like, well, it would actually be better if I could trash a bunch of cards out of this to make my deck more efficient. Um, but since you can only do it one card at a time, it's kind of hard to get like a really, really thinly tuned deck. Uh, unless you get, you know, very lucky. But that's part of the fun, right? The game is meant to be pretty random, and you just <laughs> run into stuff when you run into it, so. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be able to plan it out anyway. I think that would get boring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then when you complete your run, you typically will unlock new cards and stuff for that class, uh, which then you have, oh, well, this is a fun idea for a card. Maybe next time when I see one of these, I'll try this thing or something like that. Nice. So that's been really cool. Um, a quick touch on Magic the Arena. Uh, again, I have been playing that. They did a a singleton mode in that game, uh, which, for those who don't know, is like a card game idea of, of it's like one of each copy of a card per deck. Oh, no. Yeah. That's different. 
Yeah, that's, that's, it was cool. Sounds... Sixty card decks, but you only get one copy of a of each card. I've right? played Magic Commander, and let me call the games yes. swingy. Uh, yeah, but they go on for like forever. Yes. Yeah. So this is uh, I guess so. Magic Commander format has evolved into something called Brawl. I guess more recently. Uh, I don't really know anything about that because it's not implemented in this game. Um, but this is kind of like a precursor to that idea. Commander and Brawl both have this idea of like a commander card, which does not exist in the singleton format. This is just you're playing the game uh, as is. Uh, but because it's only one of each card per deck, they like removed the banned list essentially. And so cards that are just ridiculously broken are legal now. Nice. Uh, and I guess this is a rotating format that they bring back every so often. They also do like certain kinds of draft formats and stuff that they have like rotating every week or so, uh, in that client. Uh, but that was a really fun week to just go in and like make decks of just like, I don't know, I'm going to put in every white and black creature together and just go for it and see what happens. Right. <laughs> uh, and like you could do all right. I'm not sure you're going to win. Uh, you know, because people eventually learned to tune that stuff pretty well, but you can get away with some pretty janky stuff. It's just like, I want to play huge guys. And since the games aren't going to end quickly because there's no consistency in anything, right? Everyone has essentially basic lands and not much else. Probably, uh, you know, you can frequently get to like, you know, the seven, eight, nine mana kinds of spells. Uh, and that, leads to some very silly stuff where like once you get to a lot of mana in magic really you can do anything if you have if you happen to have the card right because there are cards that are just like destroy everything on the table start over <laughs> almost um and you know obviously in regular constructed play you're very unlikely to see a card like that but in this format who knows is your opponent running some kind of crazy five color rainbow deck that brings out every giant card in the game maybe uh, so I had a bunch of fun with that mode, uh, and it was a ton of fun. I hope they bring it back soon. Uh, speaking of card games, uh, I did go into Hearthstone for the first time in a very, very long time. What? Uh, they had that Lunara hero as part of the oh. something or other. I don't know. She was in my mm -hmm. quest log. Yeah. Uh, I got the Lunara hero. I don't think, yeah. I still don't think I'm a fan of Hearthstone anymore. It's amazing I would say to a me. lot of people. Oh, oh, sorry. It's amazing to me that I'm still I, I still follow the news with Hearthstone and stuff because I like watching people play a little bit. But um, it's amazing to me they're still dealing with like consistency issues about which things are elemental and which things aren't. That latest round of changes, we could talk about Hearthstone a little bit since you brought it up. Uh, they made <laughs> some new cards. <laughs> Into element, you brought it up, dude. You brought this on yourself. They made some cards elementals that have been around since like the beginning of the game. I understand. This is why I'm shaking my head a little bit. You can't see why? it, but my head is shaking to from right <laughs> to left, and then I stop it, on the left, and then I go back and I start again on the right. And that's not even the problem that I have with that. They put out a statement saying, "Oh well, for consistency, these these creatures are elementals in WoW, so we wanted to match what that was doing." All right, sure, guys. I guess you can. I guess you can use that as justification. And so they changed some cards to uh, to be elementals. They changed a, a card to be a beast, so that you know it's more obvious that this card exists as a beast. And then there's another card that isn't a beast that they said they're going to leave as a beast 
because it was fun. Yeah, so consistency really matters. So consistency really is just right out the door. (laughs) In their own statement, they said that. It's like, well, okay, guys, what's the... the, If if you're going to point to consistency as the reason, and then in the same breath say... But over here, it doesn't matter because it's fun. And, and well, like, when worrying about consistency, the top of the list wasn't making sure that all transform cards transform the same way in the same order. Yeah, that stuff has been bad for forever. Yeah, uh, it specifically affects Druid very hard because of the transform before uh, mechanics. Before I cut you off with my thing about elementals, it sounded like you were going to agree with me that a lot of people are wondering whether the game is having a good time or not. Oh, no, I was going to agree with you that a lot of people don't really like Lunara very much because they think her stuff is not very good. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm inclined to be in that camp of the I don't like the Lunara hero, oh. so I would prefer to use Malfury. Oh, okay. Um, they gave Druid an alternate hero skin, and now no one uses it because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't, uh, I didn't want to, you know, if I ever thought the game was good again or they added a mode, like... If they made the Cobalt slash Witchwood mode like a big permanent mode or something like that, maybe I would play that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed those uh, single-player things, the Monster Hunt and the uh, the Cobalt Dungeon uh, quite a bit. But, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, If you're not into constructed Hearthstone, then there isn't a lot to see there, I think, unfortunately. Uh, the meta is quite good these days, uh, I am told. Uh, there's a lot of different viable decks, which is nice, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't been that into it either. So like I said, I've been playing Magic the Gathering, which is not a good uh, sign <laughs> from no uh-uh. from from me, who was pretty hardcore to you, who was even more so for longer. I think that maybe the base has slipped. Yeah, and I still do my quests and stuff, but like I'm I'm really just treading water here to see what they're going to do with the next expansion. And I have doubts that I will bother to spend money on it anymore. You guys kind of put me in in mind of an article I read the other day. I don't know if either of you saw this. It was it was published on Kotaku, um, and the art, the author was talking about how the the end state of games. And I realize that something that's a mobile game like Hearthstone is a little different, but he was talking like big studio titles, but the the end state of games he has noticed shifting more towards I'm bored or well, I guess I'm done with that now. I'm not really feeling it anymore as opposed to there being a story with, you know, an ending that actually wraps up and ends. Um uh- I did not see this article, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it in the the case that a lot of games are now these sort of games as a service type thing, and there really is no end. You cannot get to the end of an MMO, right? You cannot get to the end of a game. Like, they don't want you to get to an end of a game like The Witcher 3 or, you know, these other big open world kind of games. Witcher kind of is different because it definitely does have an end. Mm-hmm. But you know, games like uh, the you know the racing games and stuff, or Skyrim. Yeah, and those games are really just like big open play forever kind of things. You know, Skyrim is is perfect, a perfect example, right? It randomly generates quests forever. Right, it's in endless, literally endless. Yeah, BattleTech also. Totally, and it is the it is the total idea of 
there's infinite content here play as much and forever and always right but you know so that makes a lot of sense then well the end isn't i got to the end the end is now like i'm bored of this i want to do something else i'm gonna throw it down flipping and reverse it on you uh the coming out of this e3 there were a lot of articles about how hard it is now to sell the games that do end the halo models of like well every other year we're going to bring out halo 1 halo 2 halo 3 like that interest has also waned the sales of those games have slipped heavily as well and when they get to their sixth installment or whatever right so it's everyone's kind of flailing around looking for a way to make these cost effective that for them right for the production for the developer so that they can continue to make money obviously and, you know, so the most recent iteration was sustained engagement. Well, maybe that's not working either. <laughs> and I, I wondered, too, reading the article, if there, you know, if we aren't in a bit of a transition period, because the the author was clearly someone who, if not, you know, our age, was close enough to our age and waxing a bit nostalgic about their childhood with games like, Final Fantasy where, you know, and I, I particularly related to this part where he would talk about putting off the end of the game for not wanting it to end, right? You'd be, you'd have done all the side quests, you'd have collected all of what there was to collect, and all you had to do was go into the final dungeon and beat the boss, but you didn't want it to be over. I mean, the inundation yeah. of amounts of games that you were hit with every year was much lower. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it was a different era. Yeah, there was it, there were Final Fantasy RPGs, you know, and maybe a few others, but but really if you wanted that RPG JRPG, you had to play that one and when it ended unless you were going to restart it right away, you got to wait. Yeah, I think the statistic that there are what like hundreds of games that release on Steam every day. And, you know, maybe not all of those are, like, you know, quality products, every single one of them. But oh, the fact no. that there exist hundreds of games being released every day. I don't day, think you even have to some use... Some percentage of them must be pretty sure. good. Sure. But you don't even have to use the the quality argument. I mean, just look at the E3 announcements and you could like, plan out the fact that in 2019 you will not have enough time to play every game that comes out from every major publisher that has had good amounts of time put into it that will be a good game. Yeah, it... There just is so much available that you have no choice but to select down. Sure. And and, and if that's put on a consumer, then obviously they're going to say either, well, I finished that because it was quick or I'm done with it because I'm bored and I want to do something else because there's thousands of other things I could do with my time, you know. Or, you know, I've played these sequel kind of games run into trouble like i've played an assassin's creed before i've played a halo before i've played a gears of war before right and like gears of war 5 i know what that's going to be because i played some other gears of wars but i don't know what you know this other new game is yet yeah so you get bored of the the sequel fatigue can set in too and so their sales maybe don't hold up as well as they used to yeah i I don't know what you do in response to something like this, but it's definitely, uh, I'm sure someone somewhere out there is thinking about Telltale it. Telltale guys tried to do, uh, those episodic things like Hitman did. Oh yeah. Um, that was a good model for a little while too. I think, I wonder why more major publishers didn't use that instead of the DLC model. Like, okay, the game is 50, but then in a few months you're going to get like part 0.5 of it, right? Where the, 
where this you got the first mm-hmm. two thirds of the story, but then the, the last third comes out, and if you care, here it is. And I mean, Hitman notably has moved away from that model for the sequel. Yeah, which I think is lame, but sure, you know. Okay, if they want to give me six missions like that one up front, I'm for I'm going to say, going out on a limb based on this podcast, that it's not easy to be some sort of marketer or developer these days because look at the breadth of games that we have played in the last year on here. There's no one out there going like, okay, well, if we do the you know single-player story like a like a legend of zelda uh n64 title or gamecube title we're guaranteed to get enough customers none of us have played anything really like that um then again open world games i think i was like the only one to play one last year you know skyrim so where you know where do they shop their ideas (laughs) i can't imagine it's it's a tough time yeah, I think uh, it's definitely become a case where every game needs to find its niche and get into that niche as hard as possible because there are other people. You, you can't just assume that your broad uh, broad appeal game is going to be enough unless it is the broadest possible appeal. One argument that people have made is that it hasn't been the games that launched the most successfully that have brought in the, uh, the most money. It's the games that have continued support. So, um, there were a lot of examples of this, but Super Mario Run was one of them, right? It launched to pretty bad reviews overall, um, at a price point that people thought was too high, but they've continued to support that game and bring out new modes for it and bring out new items all the time for people to collect, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they just hit $60 million on a mobile game that I'm sure they did not spend $60 million making. You know, but then I think someone will come back to the developers of that and say, well, but if you had made this mobile game this other way, you could have made $60 million in the first week. Sustain, I think sustained income is a good idea. <laughs> it's, you're not wrong, but it is definitely like an argument that someone yeah, is making but, but out the, there. But the right? article, I don't remember where I read this in the, in the comparison of a bunch of games and, and the ones that they had mentioned was... You know, a lot of these launched to less than stellar numbers, and instead of abandoning them and saying that model doesn't work, just continuing to support them garnered them enough money to have made it worth it. So maybe customer service is the answer. Well, and I feel like with an eye towards towards future business, that that model that Nintendo followed with that definitely has its pluses. Because I know I've heard Andy, I've heard you gripe about the the companies that are in it just for the cash grab right they they put out this game and they rake in as much as they can while it's hot and then once the interest starts to wane they're gone i take umbrage with the word gripe sir (laughs) i propose legitimate arguments that say you shouldn't cash grab games sure but i think that's a good point though because there's definitely games where they just like put them out and they're like all right we're dusting our hands of this we're moving on like this one's in the rearview mirror we're not going back to look at that you know and and to the point where like some games that release just stop working on later you know like oh we went from windows 7 to windows 10 sorry this doesn't boot anymore yeah and i feel like i feel like gamers remember that 
right? If you have a choice between whatever the the next game from Nintendo after Mario Run is or one that was put out by a studio that you know is going to stop putting out things for six in six months for the phone you have, which one are you more likely to go with? Well, it, you could even go outside of this to um, uh, EA's handling of the most recent uh, Mass Effect versus uh, the Batman developer where they offlined their game when they just had so many problems. They were just, you know, EA said, uh, we'll kind of patch in some stuff to make people happy-ish, but they didn't really fix what people were complaining about other than some cinematics. And the Batman developers said, well, I guess this game isn't up to par. So just like, we're just going to not sell it for a while and it's not going to work until we fix it. And I think that if you polled people now about those two two games, that Mass Effect still does not get any good marks. And I'm sure that Batman game is now well-reviewed. Yeah, there definitely is something to be said for, hey, we made this game that people didn't like immediately, but they have come to like it over the years of support or whatever we have given them. And yeah. like Michael says, that's definitely a, oh, well, I would consider buying this game from that company next. Even if it doesn't turn out great now, I know it will eventually be good, right? I mean, one of the one of the many reasons, but one of the reasons for backing Battletech was it was done by a developer that had done their best on many titles that they yeah, totally. were in over their head on on some of them for sure. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it here for the week. Uh, Andrew, where could people find us if they need to? Google it. All right. (laughs) Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all the usual spots. Give us those hot reviews, everyone. Uh, We love them to death. And we love you, audience. You have a good week. What about Bing? You could Bing it. Yeah. Yeah.